Finding Common Battlegrounds is an attempt by two brothers, one conservative, the other progressive, to have civil conversations about politics with a little help from their friends. Hey, welcome to another episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. This is the podcast dedicated to finding common ground instead of us fighting with each other, left and right, liberal and uh, conservative, always bashing each other and finding what they don't agree on. But to this, in this episode and all of our episodes, we're going to talk about what we do agree on. And, and you'll, I'm always surprised at how much common ground we actually have. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about student loans. Should we be suspending uh, student loans um, and, and what our positions are there? Uh, but uh, the format is we have um, our we have two debaters from e- each side of the spectrum. We have Ryan Cragen representing the liberal progressive side. We have Josh Cragen representing the conservative um, and the uh, um, libertarian libertarian. Yes, libertarian side. Um, Not last <clears throat> week. I was. Like I got some pretty bad feedback from my, li- my I have a, one really libertarian friend. Got backlash. Um, yeah, because I was like, maybe we should proxy war in Ukraine. He's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Call yourself a libertarian. That one is more of a nuanced thing, and I, I should have gotten more nuance. But so, what sorry. is the staunch libertarian position? We never intervene at all, ever, anywhere. Yes, yes. probably. Should yeah. we even have an army? <laughs> yeah, to defend us. But but what? the rest of the world is that, you're that on your own. That costs tax dollars. That's tax dollars, Josh. All right. So tonight, <laughs> uh, our word from our sponsor. So uh, uh, bidets, Lux bidets. We um, all of us are big fans of bidets. We like them. Um, hey, when you were in the pandemic and you were short on toilet paper, you wouldn't have this problem if you'd had a bidet, right? Uh, you just wash up and go. Like for, for a while there, I ran, we ran out of toilet paper, and it was like every time my kids went to the bathroom, they had to take a shower afterwards because uh, we were out, we were out, <laughs> but uh, uh, we didn't I, have a bidet. I, I posted on Facebook during that. Uh... In the land of the blind, the man with one eye is king. In <laughs> the land of no toilet paper, the man with the bidet is king. That's right. And I got a yeah. lot of good feedback on that one because it's <laughs> That's true. Right. It was oh, yeah. true. Um, okay, so uh, we're so again, I'll go over the format. Each each uh, each debater has presented uh, three questions that they're going to ask the other side. They get brownie points if they can get the opposing side to agree with them. Um, and uh, I'm just going to give a little background on our subject. So basically, uh, uh, Joe Biden has uh, suspended student loan payments. These are federal student loans, right? Um, federal student loan payments until May first. So May student loans were uh, suspended when the co- when the pandemic originally came out. This was back um, in March, yeah, of 2020, and this was uh, obviously President Trump suspended these, and then they were supposed to go back in September, restart in September of 2021. They uh, President Biden pushed them back to January 31st, 2022. And then, and then it got extended again. And, and they said, "Hey, this was the last time. We're not going to do it anymore." But then they ended up going back and saying, "Okay, we'll do it again uh, in May." But, but this is the last time we promise. And so the question is: Should we be doing this? Should we be postponing these again? It's been um, this will be over two years that, that we've had these suspended. 
Um, and then, and then the flip side of this is, uh, or should we go further? Right. And there's, the, there's been progressives with calls to, uh, cancel, pay, cancel certain amounts of debts. They're asking for 50,000, 10,000, uh, amounts, uh, amounts of federal debt that should just be like, uh, waived. Um, but, uh, anything else to add to that, or we'll probably cover it when we get into it. Pretty good. Um, right. yeah, I think that's it. I mean, they, they are talking about delaying it again. Yeah. yeah, you could throw in there that Joe Biden actually ran on canceling up to ten thousand dollars of of debt for each student. Though he um, hasn't done it yet. He hasn't so, done yeah. it. Yeah, and He's, a lot of he liberals, ran on it, but he hasn't done it. A lot yeah. of liberals yes. are really mad that he hasn't done that, and a yes. lot of conservatives are going, "You're insane if you think you're going to get away with that." <laughs> so, well, we'll talk about that. That'll be interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll get into that. Okay, so let's just jump in with the question and get this going. I think we'll do. Uh, Josh's question for Ryan first. Um, it says Ryan and Tom, so I guess it's for both of us. Uh, knowing, knowing what you know now, uh, if you could go back to 2020, would you do any of the same things that were done to combat Corona? It, uh, for example, forced lockdowns, mass mandates, shutting down businesses, shutting down schools, etc. I really am just curious on, on both your takes here. On mm. So on- if we knew how it was going to turn out, we knew like, yeah there would be variants and there'd be some, some waves, but ultimately we'd kind of just, it would just kind of, if you knew this wasn't a two, two weeks to flatten the curve, if you knew this was going to be two years and this stuff's still going on, would you, would you have done anything different? That's a great question. Is that, is that just an open question for us now? Or I want want both of you to answer. I'm, I'm curious. I'm I'm genuinely curious on. Well, so (laughs) March, 2020, I was freaking out because I thought it was a 3% uh, infected fatality rate. By June, it was probably even earlier than that, maybe earlier. even like sure May, yeah. um, I was full in for Sweden's approach, which was lock down the elderly, those who are really at higher risk for this, and everybody else go about your life as normal. Yeah, um, the, so the, the, that's, that's basically going. where I would have been. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's, I still would have done the same thing because the first variance. I think we're slightly more lethal um, and we didn't have a vaccine. Right. But by, by the time we had a vaccine, like, you know, pandemic should be over. I think it's over. I, I'm basically done with this. Right. Like I, when people say there's still a pandemic, I'm like, nah, nope, it's done. Yeah. I would, here's what I honestly, so this is what I would, I, yeah, obviously mass and uh, some of the business shutdowns, I think in hindsight, we could, we could have done without, and that's, that's easy to say now. Right. And I don't, that's that's certainly not fair to anybody to, to judge them based on that. But um, uh, my big thing, and Ryan's heard this before, but I will go, I go off on is uh, that, and because I was the same as Ryan, I was like, holy crap. And then I did a bunch of reading and like, it was like end of March that I was like, okay, no, I I think we're okay. And, uh, and we went, we went to Hawaii during the lockdown (laughs) and I'm like, we'll be fine. We're going to run out and do some hikes and go on the beach. I'm like, we should be fine. And um, then they started shutting everything down. But, uh, uh, but uh, is, I I was upset that the CDC never made recommendations. So they, they knew this at the very beginning that people who were in shape were less likely to contract it and to give it um, uh, to spread it. They were le- they the less yeah and, and they and they had much better um, um, survival rate and they never made recommendations ever 
to get in shape. They were like, even when they shut down, they should, I wish why I didn't, I'll never know why they didn't go, Hey, you're locked down for two weeks. Think about your diet. Think about your lifestyle. Think about like whether you, because it's not politically correct. You you can't fat shame people. And it's bizarre. I (laughs) just get in shape. Then you're, you're, your mortality rate goes down, goes way down, but you can't say that to anybody. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, and then it's, and I, and I've also been very critical of like, we, they were very, I don't, they said like, they did show those stats, but it took a long time before they showed like uh, survival rates. And, and that showed like, it's something like seven, if 75% of every, everyone who was died was, has been obese. Um, and or had comorbidities uh, or comorbidities, conditions. but I was just like, you're definitely, I mean, like, I, that just made me mad. Like that one, if you were in healthy, you should have been probably less restricted. And two, if you were out of shape, I, I don't know why the CDC wouldn't be like, Hey, if you, if you're scared, there's something you can do about it. Right. And you can, you can make some changes and like, I don't know. Wear this, I, I, wear this mask that won't do any good instead anyway, of getting in shape. You're going to get me on a soapbox here. So <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'm trying to be fair I, here. Is there, is there a question that you're trying to get? I, I really just wanted to know your, your your guys' take on that and, and I wanted to talk about this. I'm again I'm not coming in heavy on this one. I don't I don't have a dog in the fight of your actual question of should they postpone the loans. I just want to talk about, you know, in general what the government should be doing in these situations. Okay. Um so so I'm a bit jaded because my wife and I both had COVID before we knew what COVID was. We had it in January. And mm. and my wife, she couldn't breathe for for two days. I took her to the doctor uh, and he's like, this is a virus. I've been seeing a lot of it. You probably um, gave him COVID. Probably. We probably spread it. We had no idea what it was. Okay? <laughs> nobody, nobody, yeah. It was nobody, before it was here. Yeah. Nobody had heard the word COVID in January, but she, she couldn't breathe for two days. It was genuinely scary, but we had already had it. So then when it rolled out, I was like, well, I'm not super afraid for me. We've already had it. We survived. It sucked, but but we did it and I was okay. I think everybody was okay with two weeks to flatten the curve. Okay. Let's, let's figure out for two weeks, everybody chill out. Let's figure this out. But after the two weeks, when, when everything was still shut down and they started closing down schools and everything, I was not okay with any of that. I wasn't okay with the mask mandates because I knew the masks wouldn't do jack crap. Um, and, and again, I'm going to try to be fair here. Most people didn't know and people were afraid and, and I'm, relatively young and healthy and i'd already had it so it's easy for me to say at that point well are you all afraid because i already got through it so i've tried to be to be fair here but but look at the law of unintended consequences that everything that rolled out because the government did everything they did to try to quash this right they closed down schools um i I, i've seen they never should have done i've seen several reports that says uh kids are so far behind now Mm -hmm. um Instead of 460 million children experiencing reading difficulties, that number jumped to 584 million. So we have over 100 million more kids that now have reading difficulties because they weren't in school for a long time. Um, and Ryan could probably quote the statistics better on that. But a lot of kids, their their uh, learning was was quite affected by school yeah. closures. You have That's way more true. depression and anxiety and suicide from people that are just shut in and home alone. Um, you have a bunch of lost jobs. You have a bunch of businesses that were forced to close. You have uh, bigger income inequality because the huge businesses like Amazon flourished, but small businesses <clears throat> were closed. Got hammered. Yeah, they got absolutely hammered. Um, could, could you say like 
you know, if we knew what we know now, I mean, like, is it obvious, like, Ryan, could you agree that we made a number of knee-jerk reactions that probably weren't merited? Is that, would that well, be a I mean, yes, but that's only Ryan? from hindsight, right? So, but, yeah. but not necessarily. <clears throat> we, we know, but a lot of people, myself included, are saying this is a bad idea. And I'm with Ryan, and I said right off the bat, after the two weeks to flatten the curve, I said, let's do Sweden's approach. Let's just get herd immunity because the cure or the, yeah, the cure is going to be worse than the, the symptoms. Uh, if, if we close everything down, the economic, uh, are, are we really going to be willing to pay the economic price? Everybody gets on their high horse and says, Oh, well, can you can't put a price on, on people's lives. And I agree yeah. with that to the extent, but look at the inflation we're suffering from now. Okay. And my, my yeah. take on this, it's a little more complicated than this, but not really. When you force everybody to stay home, print a bunch of money to pay them to stay home instead of going to work, and so so the economy is producing less goods, but we have more money to compete for those goods, of course we're going to have inflation. Yeah. And that's 100% caused by the government. And you can blame Trump because he started it. You can blame Biden because he's still going with it. And but of last, course that's going to happen. five administrations no, kinda, before that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just, what I'm getting at, let me just yeah. summarize what I'm okay. getting at, is these are, this is the law of unintended consequences. Of course, we didn't want inflation from this. Of course, we didn't want more suicides from this because people were genuinely afraid and the government's trying to help. But the government, in my opinion, has no business making these decisions for people because look at all the problems that they caused when they were trying to fix something. This is when, when you when you meddle with something as complicated as the United States economy or society, you're going to have laws. You're going to have unintended consequences. And and in this situation, they're terrible. So what the frick's the government doing? And I'll I'll get into this a little more with my second point. But uh, do you guys agree with that? The, um, you need to be very careful when you're meddling with these things. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I love that we haven't even talked about student loans, but I'm sure we'll get to it. <clears throat> uh, well, two it, things. It, it's directly related. I, yes. I know it is. Yeah. It's going to get to it. So uh, I, I've already kind of said where I stand on this, right? Which is like, take the Sweden approach. I think it was the better approach. I, I'm going to don a different hat, which is not my hat, right? So I'm just putting on somebody else's hat. Uh, I work fairly closely because of one of my grants with somebody who's in Australia. He's in, Te- in Tasmania. And I-, I don't know that he listens to this podcast, right? Super nice guy. I love him. Um, I think many Australians would actually take issue with a lot of what you just said, Josh. And again, this is not my hat. This is somebody else's hat. Because by locking down as hard as they did for as long as they did, they did reduce the number of deaths that they had in their country. Um, and so that's, that's like an argument that can be made. I'm not trying to make that argument for them. I'm just saying an argument can be made that they had a lot fewer deaths. I mean, we're, we're closing in on over 800,000 Americans died. And I know those numbers are way complicated because of the comorbidities and all the things that you already mentioned. So I'm not, I'm not trying to kind of sugarcoat that in any way, but I'm saying like they, they, had, a lot fewer, they had a lot fewer deaths in Australia, right? Now they locked down hard in oh, Australia. Yeah. And New Zealand's even harder, camps. right? Yeah, like it, it's crazy there. And then the other thing that I would add, and again, this is you know not my hat, but I think it's worth noting, is I was able to lock down uh, because I have a white collar job and work from home and not have to expose myself uh, to the virus. But there were a lot of people in the US who still did and the government didn't pay them to stay home. I was shopping at the grocery store. I was going to the grocery store all the time. And all of those people were out working. Bus drivers were working. Um, you know, cab drivers were working. 
lots of frontline workers were still working, including all of our healthcare professionals. And I mean, you know this better than anybody because your wife now is, is doing this, right? They were exposed the whole time and they, many of whom are paid a lot less than any of us, right? Mm-hmm. They were suffering for those of us who didn't have to go in. So, you know, it, it's really complicated, but at the end of the day, yeah. In hindsight, we could have done things very differently, um, but that's, you know, that's hindsight. Mm, knowing what we knew then, I don't know, you know, but if, yeah. it's hard if to we say. Knew, we knew, to say. I'm, of course, we would have done things differently, but yeah. So I, yeah. I, think, I think Ryan agrees with you. Mm-hmm. With my very vague question that wasn't yeah. really defined. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Moving on. Question <laughs> one for Josh. Josh, can we agree that, that some degrees are not worth going into debt for, or at least not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt? Okay. Absolutely. I, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know he's going to agree. And I actually start with this. I think we can get agreement on this first point, but I do want to kind of, complicate this a little bit. So I want to add a little nuance because I think that nuance is important. I have a friend uh, who both of you know, but I'm not going to out anybody who, who went to graduate school for a degree in medicine. To pay for that, he took out hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans. And upon graduating, he eventually did tell me, right? Uh, and I think Tom as well, uh, that he had the equivalent of a home in debt. At the time, it was over $200,000 in debt. And that was two, 20 years ago. However, he makes a lot of money as a result of his graduate training and paid that back within 10 years and now makes very good money to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. Uh, I also have other friends. These are other friends who took out loans to get undergraduate and graduate degrees in less lucrative fields like history and writing. It is. (laughs) Thank you, Josh, for the laugh. Right. Uh, It has taken them much longer to pay off that debt, but they did eventually pay it off. While their debt was much lower, I think it makes sense to question whether some degrees are worth the debt. Here's a quote, and I I actually was going to start with this. I'll, I'll get to it at the end, but here's a quote from the Center for College Affordability on this point. So here's a good quote. Quote, the federal student loan programs are fundamentally unique because any consideration of risk is largely ignored when deciding whether to make the loan. Yeah, The decision of the course of study a student follows affects earnings and the capacity to repay a loan, yet the federal government lends to engineering, education, and art majors without any consideration for future ability to repay those debts, end quote. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, that's not wrong, right? Like, they're really hitting this. Uh, So, just I'm close to wrapping up. Theology and religious studies majors should not take out student loans, period you're not going to make enough money to, to pay for that. Nope. For engineering students or math students, math students actually make the most out of any of the majors they looked at, perhaps loans are justifiable. What we need to do is make it so loans are harder to get for some majors or less can be given for those majors. To be clear, we want an educated population and we want highly educated people as education and technology are some of our major advantages as a country. Also, I'm not going to crap on any majors as I think all majors are in fact important. But no, I, well, hold on. I will admit that some majors lead to better paying jobs than do other majors, which is not me advocating for those pay differences, but me admitting that the differences exist. 
uh, and I'll skip my last little point there, and then I'm just getting to the question. So, Josh, can we agree that some degrees are not worth going into debt for, or at least not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt? Obviously. I mean, it, it blows my mind that somebody, I mean, that, that's why I dropped out of college. I wanted to go into English. Okay. But what I wanted to do with it was not going to, to make me any money. I could do that on my own with what I wanted to do with it. So why, why are you going to college and getting $100,000 of debt for a gender studies degree? The only thing you can do with that is teach gender studies, right? What, what else can you do with it? Uh, you can, well, okay. You're definitely limited. Uh, not, not necessarily. So one of the things oh, that God. they, I don't they, want to no, get no, 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 I, I'm not saying that what a college degree does is, and, and this is true for many majors is it is establishes to a future employer that you are disciplined enough sure. that you can show up to classes, you can complete work assignments, you can work in groups so they can hire you to do any number of things, knowing that sure. you're going to be a dependable employee. Yeah, that a four-year degree you opens a lot of, a lot of doors. I, I agree. That's all it does. And we've so. talked about that before. I don't. I think that's part of the problem with the system is there's so many jobs out there that if you don't have a four-year degree, they just don't even let they don't even look at you, which right. boggles my mind. It makes no yeah. sense to me. Weird. That that's I think that's part of the problem. But but something I take issue with is when we discussed uh, college colleges. I think it was our very first podcast or but second Jake, podcast. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned that college is meant to be a gatekeeper, right? Yep, it we're, is. We're, we're weeding out the stupid people because we don't want them to be doctors and, mm -hmm. and lawyers, that kind of thing, which I agree with to an extent. But what does that say about uh, you're gatekeeping all of these dumb people and only taking the smart people, but they're dumb enough to sign up for these predatory loans where they've mortgaged their souls for the next 50 years? Uh, it's actually Good gatekeeping. I, I, no, I think it's more complicated. I, I will Do you notice, see what I'm so, saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, when the federal government started offering these loans, uh, it was the presidents of some of the more elite institutions, right? So it was like University of Chicago's president and Yale's president. They were like, this is terrible. This is a terrible, terrible idea. Because if you start offering loans to people, you're going to change this from being elite education for elite mm -hmm. individuals. And I know you guys hate that language, right? But, but you're going to change it so ordinary people can go to college. You're right. basically making it but so we're going to have to dumb down college for less intelligent people because more people are going to be able to go. Now, I'm actually going to make but, the argument later. But colleges like did. More people to go. They colleges totally did. did. Right. They totally so, did. It. So you can, they can that, get on their high horse, but they took the money. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm moving on. Okay. Two, no, before two, you do, Josh, uh, before you do, Tom, can we all see if we have skin in the game? Did anybody have student loans? No, I didn't. I Neither. No. So none of us have had student loans. And I have a PhD with no student loans, right? So I assume you talk to a lot of people with student loans, though. Yes. I know yeah, lots of students. people who have student loans. Yep. Well, yeah. do, do you know what percentage of your students have student loans? Is that something the university makes available to you? Mm, Is it like majority? I've never seen that number. No, I would say it's not the majority. But really? I, mean, I teach at a private university. Uh, tuition... Is closing in. It's around thirty thousand dollars a year, and I, I hate to say it, right? But our bread and butter are our wealthier kids. That that's absolutely true. So we get yeah. a lot, a lot of well-to-do kids from the, the Northeast. Uh, all right, okay, all right. We're two for two. You guys are both agreeing with each other. Okay, we're gonna move on to Josh's second question. Ryan, would you agree that the federal government should perform its antitrust duty and make sure 
Non-predatory loans are available to those who want them rather than meddle with the rest of the system or unilaterally forgive or lawfully accrued debt. Uh, You kind of lost me a little bit, Josh. Can you explain? This kind of goes off what Ryan was saying, but I'm playing off of my first point here. Okay. Um, There's been a lot of talk that these student loans are set up to be predatory where Mm -hmm. um, the the students can't pay them back properly or as Ryan was just saying, they're just handing them out willy nilly with no regard as to whether or not you can pay them back, whether you, you should be getting a loan that your major will ever allow you to pay it back. And that could be considered predatory. I think Ryan would agree with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, so are you setting if, me up here, Josh? You're no, setting no, me no, up. no. You've got to be setting me up here. <laughs> I hope, again, I don't have a lot of. I'm not coming in hard on this one. I don't have skin in the game. But but my my problem with with a, a big part of this is the government. Okay, if they were doing their antitrust job, the government only has the federal government is only supposed to do five things, but they meddle in everything that they shouldn't be meddling in, and they screw everything up. They're trying to fix stuff, and they just make everything worse. So if they were actually doing their antitrust job. And they and they addressed these loans and they and I like Ryan's suggestion, actually, where they actually look at the degree and say, well, you're never going to be able to pay back three hundred thousand dollars with a, a basket weaving degree. OK, well, we'll loan you six bucks and a bag of chips. <laughs> okay? That would make more sense. But but since the government subsidizes this, uh, yeah. I, I've thrown I've thrown this at Ryan before and he didn't like it. OK, if you adjust for. um, um average median income every Mm -hmm. literally everything is cheaper now than it was for our parents except for two things and i've I've mentioned this before uh healthcare and um education college college okay those are way 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 higher than they were for our parents and it's because the government subsidizes this stuff and ryan didn't agree with this i don't understand why because it's clear as day when the when uh capitalism when private uh, corporations are trying to compete with the government. They can't do it because the government doesn't have to turn a profit. The government can go into debt. It doesn't matter. They just spend money. Um, so these two industries are blown up and and they make no, it doesn't make any sense why they're so much more expensive when everything else has gone down. It's because the government subsidizes this stuff. So if the government would just get out of it and do the antitrust stuff where they're, where they're fixing the loans, where they're providing a, le- a, a open playing field for everybody. Because, again, we talked about this in the other podcast. Um, student loans have uh, their very own unique protection under bankruptcy law, right? You yeah. can't, it's really, really hard yeah. to get rid of them. Okay? Yeah. The government is in cahoots with these lenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not doing their job. So the government is a big part of this. And, you know, I, I thought about attacking Ryan and schools and stuff because they do have part of it, but we don't need to go into that. I don't think they're the biggest It's okay. I problem. will later. I'm going to actually okay. attack schools Good. later. Because I, I did that in the previous podcast. What I really want to focus on is the government and, this, and these unintended consequences. They're trying to help people. I get mm-hmm. that. Bernie Sanders wants to forgive all of this debt. Uh, you know, I think it's $1.7 trillion of debt right now in the country yeah. for, for student loans. And Bernie trillion. Sanders just wants to forgive that. I understand he wants to help people, but who's paying for that, Ryan? Your boy Barney wants to just forgive that. Who's going to pay for you, that? You, me, and Tom. Exactly. Okay. And the unintended consequences of that, um, like if, if, uh, a, a lot of people aren't paying down their interest during this moratorium on 
on student loan debt right now, right? And they could mm-hmm. be because there's no interest being accrued on debt right now. So if people continue to make their payments during the moratorium, they're actually saving a lot of money. They're paying mm-hmm. down their their uh, principal or whatever. Um, but a lot of them aren't because they're sitting there in the hopes that uh, Biden's forgiven. it's all going to be forgiven. Okay, that the the precedent that that sets is so bizarre to me because what what that's actually going to do on the on the grander scale if the liberals forgive some of that debt is more people are going to take debt out in the hopes that the government's just going to for, for forgive it that's a horrible precedent to set so why are we even discussing it it, so it makes no sense to me your question is the federal government should get out of this yep because because when they meddle in these industries they make it more expensive for everybody. If they were not subsidizing college, it would be way cheaper and people probably wouldn't be need to be taking out these huge loans. Ryan, well, do you agree with the first question then that the government shouldn't be even involved with, with student loans, Ryan? Uh, maybe, but definitely not for the reason Josh thinks. <laughs> and okay, well then do you agree with his second question that, that it's the federal government that's making it it's the federal government's inner interference that's making. Uh, uh, certainly, it's causing a lot of problems, and it's not achieving the uh, <clears throat> objective that it, it intends to. Um, that that said, uh, I'm trying not to go personal here, right? So let, let's do a, a hypothetical. Hypothetical. Um, that's a, Josh's favorite thing is going personal. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me, brother. Hit me. Because <laughs> no, it's not you. It's uh, somebody else. But uh, yeah, imagine. That, yeah, exactly. Imagine um, there's a, a young person who wants to get a degree in nursing. Okay. And they're debating between going to a for-profit college and a non-profit college. You're talking about my wife. That's hey, my, I was trying not to bring fine. in who it is. It's fine. Are you sure? Going yeah, after the wife. Because I, I, I love Jessica, oh, right? So she's let, having this let me, discussion. Let me explain oh. what's happened here. So um, she's going back to get her nursing degree. She's uh, she, She'll have her associates here really quickly. And we were, we, we were, somebody suggested that she look into a private or a, a non-for-profit a for profit, a, a for profit school college. Be, because it would knock about two years off of the degree. And you could do a lot of it at home. So she just threw it out there. Has anybody gone to this school? We want to see if it's any good. And it's accredited, but we wanted to see if it actually was Through any a good. sketchy accreditation yeah. body, FYI. Okay. So we were doing our due diligence because right. we didn't want to spend all this money on something that was stupid. So I have yep. no problem with you discussing it. We, did, we haven't done anything okay. stupid. No, but you haven't. You haven't. This is, you this is right due thing. diligence. Yes. yes. And immediately, like all the hair on the back of my head went up, went up and I was like, no, for-profit schools yeah. run. They are the plague. They are about terrible. 20 other people. Yes, because their incentive is to give you the bare minimum of education to meet sure. the criteria to call it an education and to extract as much money as they possibly can sure. from you. They have no incentive to actually truly educate. And if you look at their placement rates, they are way worse than every nonprofit school out there. And they charge way more. And they strongly encourage loans, strongly encourage loans. They are horrific when it comes to outcomes. And, I, and I'm not saying like every nonprofit school is perfect and golden and, and amazing. Some, some are definitely better than others. Yes. But, non, but for-profits? Oh my gosh. Absolutely not. So, but, uh, but so when you say like, let's get government out of education, 
out of loans, okay, but out of education, government's been in education for over 100 years. And sorry, like education is just a different beast. I don't think we Mm, want exclusively, and I know the libertarian is going to come out, but like, I don't think we want all, especially not for-profit education. For-profit education is a race to the bottom, Josh. It is a race to the bottom. Let me me throw this at you. If you look at elementary education, what are better, the, the public schools or private schools? Private schools depends on, the, depends on the neighborhood. Exactly. Okay. Depends on the neighborhood. So some of the private schools are fantastic. Some yep. of them sucks, and and they're yep. just trying to get your money. That's Absolutely. the free market at work. You can pick your school, but uh, when the g- only if you have enough money to go to the really good one. Okay. Yeah, that's the free market at work. <laughs> Which means but, who but gets again, screwed in that system? But a, who gets but screwed again, in that system, Josh? But again. It, Poor the gov- people do. The government is meddling in that system. So if the government was out of it, then you'd have int- entrepreneurs that would figure out how to make this more affordable for everybody because they do it in every other area of life except for the two where the government is heavily subsidizing everything. It's, I right, mean, I'm moving on to the right. <laughs> second question for for Josh here from Ryan. Even even we don't make those. Even we don't make those who took out the loans pay the money. Even if we didn't make those who took out the loans pay the money back, won't we effectively be just making the government pay for the education of those people like it would have if we didn't decrease subsidies to higher education? It's complicated. I know. Uh, This is long. I'll explain. It was worded weirdly. It was was worded very weird. And I apologize, Tom, because it's actually not like a a yes, no question. It's really not. So I understand that there is a predicament here and I want to have a conversation about it. And that's why my question is worded weirdly is because I really just want a conversation. I did the same thing with my first one. We're, We're cool. We're cool. Millions of people took out loans, many of them with the federal government. So the federal government is actually the, lo- the lender for many of these loans, right? To pay for higher education. When someone takes out a loan, I am absolutely of the opinion that they should pay that back. And right now, as Josh said, student loan debt is, is more than like $1.7 trillion or something. It's more debt than consumer credit card debt in the US. It is the uh, highest well, level. Is of it really? Debt. It is. It is the highest level of debt of any uh, consumer debt right now. But it, it's uh, so more, mortgages more than, are still one, right? No, I think it might be higher. Than it's more than more. I thought it's mortgages an insane one number. It maybe two. it's maybe it's mortgages, but it it's higher than credit card debt. It's higher than auto loan debt. Wow. It's higher than like everything. It's crazy high. Okay, uh, if those people don't pay that back, effectively the federal government is getting stuck with the bill. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. This is Josh's point. So if I channel my inner Joshitarian, that's my new term for Josh. Uh, here's here's my Josh. <laughs> right, Joshitarian. Totally- I'm totally going to use that. that. I like it. Uh, so this is Josh. This is Josh Atarian. That's big government and waste. And we have enough debt right now. The federal government should not be covering people's debts. Ah, how did I do? Was that pretty good? Okay. Not great. You're not, okay. I'll work I mean, on my Josh Atarian. You're a little, okay. little more high strung than I normally am. But <laughs> All fair right. Enough. So, so to the second point that complicates this, I want to bring in another issue that I think is important. Federal and state governments have been cutting budgets for higher education for the last 40 years. So when we say that they subsidize higher education, they literally subsidize it by paying for public schools, right? Not not elementary, not like primary, secondary schools. This is higher education. They have a budget line every year that goes straight to these universities, okay, Mm -hmm. for public universities. 
but they've been cutting that. Here are a couple of quotes illustrating this from The Economist magazine. So again, I'm quoting from pretty conservative sources today. Uh, Quote, cuts made by state governments have been partly offset by an increase in federal Pell grants, which are different from loans, to poor students. And we can talk about those distinctions because those I think are important. And here's another one that I think really makes the point. That was from an Economist article in 2014. Here's the second quote. In America, government funding per student fell by 27% between 2007 and 2012. Five years, they cut funding by 27%, while average tuition fees adjusted for inflation rose by 20%. Okay, so the government has been cutting the subsidy that it's giving to higher education by big numbers. And what do universities have to do in return? If they're going to pay faculty and pay for buildings and pay for, they have to raise tuition. So those are quotes from The Economist. It used to be the case that government, federal and state, paid more upfront for higher education. But that funding has decreased over time. And instead, rather than provide direct subsidies, the government has reduced funding and instead is encouraging students to take out loans from the government and from private organizations, private corporations, to go to school. And many of those loans are serviced by other companies that make a profit as a result. There is some evidence. I'm so confused on the question. I don't that, get well, it. I'm getting to the question. I'm getting to the question. I'm almost there, right? 20 minutes of doctorate thesis to get to a question. <laughs> there is some evidence that the change, so reducing the upfront subsidy and instead doing it on the back end where you're making them take out loans, was actually driven by capitalists because they were trying to find a way to make money off of higher education because people in finance are soul-sucking bastards who will steal money from anybody any chance they get. Effectively, what we have is a change in how the government funds higher education. It used to be upfront, they paid for the education by subsidizing it. Now, it's all done through the loans. They pay for it on the back end, but in the process, Millions of people are saddled with debt that has been shown to delay or prevent family formation and childbearing because they can't afford to do it, preventing people from buying homes and cars and leading to serious mental health problems. Even if, so this is getting to the question, even if we don't make those who took out the loans pay the money back, won't we effectively be just making the government pay for the education of those people like it would have done before because we decrease the subsidy? So in effect, if we just say, oh, don't pay for it, we're going back to where we were 40 years ago with the federal government and the state governments actually paying for this. So it's a crappy question. I totally get that. But what I want us to do is actually wrestle with those two competing interests. You're saying it's like a wash. It's like, well, the government was already paying before. They just pay for it now. And it almost doesn't make a difference because they were subsidizing and now they weren't. And now, but we, well, now they would be subsidized. Pick up the tab through the forgiveness. Exactly. That, that's kind of my point, except now the way the system works is we cruelly right, make people pay all of this money and delay their family formation, delay them buying homes and give them mental health problems in the process, just so some <laughs> finance people can actually make a profit. So is your question is, we are you agreeing that the government should do this or you're just agreeing that that would basically be the same as, <laughs> as government subsidies 40 years ago? Uh, something like that, but I want to, I genuinely want to have a conversation. Like I, I don't know the right answer to this. I really don't. Um, but I, I don't think we can have the conversation about making people pay back loans 
without also recognizing that government has been reducing the upfront subsidies. And that's why more people are taking out loans is because education costs more. It's straight up costs more. Yeah. That's why I I just want to have that conversation. Yeah. So instead of subsidizing, they're pushing the costs over to students who were just turning around taking loans out. And and if they ate it, it would just be just like a subsidy 40 years ago. Um, Exactly. And are you asking if we agree with that logic or if that's... What's the question? Is, is uh, that okay? Well, I don't know. Is, is it okay it. for us to do that? I, yeah. I agree with your explanation. That actually makes sense. Let me let me just. So here's the Joshitarian coming up. <laughs> the solution. The solution to this is actually really simple. The government butts out of education. Okay. If if you're going to go into one of these fields that is going to be lucrative enough, lucrative enough that you can pay back a loan. If the government was not involved at all, you would go to a bank or, or you know, a, you know, whoever and say, okay, I'm going to go get a, 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 a MD. I'm going to become a doctor. I need $200,000. That makes sense. And they would, they would look at you like they would look at any other lender. Because this, in my mind, is taking out the predatory lending practices, right? Because I, I can't go uh, take out a loan for a $30 billion or $30 million house. Nobody's going to give that to me, but I can, well, maybe it's pretty crazy right now, but they, they look at my uh, assets, my earning potential, job history. They do their due diligence and they don't, as you've stated, they don't do that with, with student loans now. So if the government just completely got out of it and you wanted to go become an engineer and you needed a loan, that makes sense. You go get a loan based on what you're going to do, and they're going to do their due diligence and make sure you do that. And then you sign up knowing what you get into. And why is the government even involved? And again, the other part of that is, how is that fair to everybody else that the government's subsidizing higher education when a lot of people don't want it and don't need it? And I get your point that uh, technology and innovation is a big export. and It's good for the economy. Great. If we started we started doing that when we got into the Cold War and we were in a competition with the Soviet Union. Okay, so we great. were the first loans, the first loans went to engineers. That's who we were subsidizing to begin with. And then it broadened out from there. That's we wanted to clobber the, the Soviet Union when it came to engineering and technology. So we were funding them like crazy, Excellent. right? Okay. And that's what so, we did. And then it just kept exploding and expanding. And we can talk about that. But it's no longer sustainable as we can see. So if... Right. If you have any faith in the free market, if those jobs exist and engineers get paid a ton of money, that's a very marketable job. So going to school to become an engineer, absolutely. Take a loan out for it because you will find a job if you're any good at that job, right? That makes sense to me. So uh, it's not sustainable what we're doing now to, to pay for this higher education just just because it's good for the economy. Well, guess what? It's not. We have all this debt. This is not good for the economy. So that would be my solution to your to to what you're explaining there, and I like your explanation. I like the conversation, but get the government out of it. That is the solution to most problems. The government meddling in this is why everything is so expensive, and why we have all these baristas that owe three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. In student Ronald loans. Reagan, there, well, government <laughs> isn't the solution to the problem. The government, the government is, is the problem. problem. Um, yes. Yeah. So, just real quick. Um, Maybe just to refine your your point, I, I, I'm donning okay. my Josh Atarian hat again, not necessarily getting the government out of all higher education. I, th- I still think they should subsidize it, but in very specific Why? ways, no, no, in very specific ways. And we'll talk about that in just a second. What you could do if you really wanted to do what you're talking about to just let the free market handle the loans is make it so the federal government doesn't back any of those loans. 
So if banks want to give loans, right, to people going to school, they're going to eat it if people default. And then they will do the due diligence to actually determine what the yeah. risks are. That the underwriting actuaries in. To, yeah, you bring in yeah. actuaries and they'd be like, well, these people are more likely to do it. And what that is going to do, well, just so you're aware. privatizing loans. Right? It's totally privatizing loans. Because right now, the federal government is basically yeah, saying, oh, we'll back like, all and, these loans. And, right? and the, your subject or degree is probably not even a factor in the it underwriting. doesn't, doesn't yeah. factor it, right? But exactly. just so you're clear what that would do is it would force lots of people into you know very specific disciplines and they would look at income, like current income, not future income, mm-hmm. current income, your IQ, they can't use race, but they would probably look at like, what do your parents do? Which means yeah. they would give loans to rich people. Yeah, yes, well, probably. That, that's exactly what would happen because they know they're, they're gonna get their money back, uh, right? Smart people who are rich. Yeah, because right. that's how they're going to get their money back. They will not give loans to poor kids, you know, coming from undeveloped, like crappy neighborhoods who their parents are poor. Even if those kids are smart, they'll be like, well, you know, there's just no, that's too big of a risk. So, so I totally get your point, Josh. If we want to go solid free market, that's the solution. Government doesn't back the loans. So if, if somebody defaults, the bank eats that. Because then the bank will do their due diligence and they will hire the actuaries, the mathematicians, who I said make a lot of money because they make a ton of money. They will come in, they will figure out the risk factors, and we will only give loans to basically rich uh, kids. Rich okay. loans. Okay. All right. I, I don't, I'm totally well, lost. That. I'm the moderator and I'm totally lost. <laughs> what, I still don't know what the question is. I still don't know if Josh has agreed with the question. Like, I don't know that there was an agreement on this yeah. one. This one is just like a, but please, I, let's discuss. I don't discuss. think Josh liked what you said. That's all I know. No, I, I actually agreed with, with most of what Ryan is saying. Um, so, so just to touch on his last point there, there's a lot of truth to what you just said. But there's, you know, uh, you know, you, you remember the Smith lady that uh, handed out a, a whole bunch of uh, college grants uh, here in, in Morgan. Okay, mm. there, there, there's still going to be a lot of companies that are are uh, handing out uh, grants and or not Pell grants. What are the what's the well, word I'm looking so, for? Yeah, well, scholarships. But, yeah, scholarships. Um, Thank you. Pell grants. Pell grants are the one that I think the government should stay in. Pell Grants are supposed to go to people with less privileged backgrounds. Okay. okay. So and that I makes think sense. they should keep that and ditch all the loans or, okay. and I've got a that, solution in my third. That point. is common ground. I think, I think that would be a workable solution down that road. And, uh, um, cause Pell Grants are needs-based. They're needs-based. Loans are not. Okay. I'm just um, moving on here. Let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> Ryan gets right. a yellow card for violating. <laughs> yellow card, sweet. We've got a new penalty in yes. finding common battlegrounds. <laughs> well, we actually uh, found really good common ground with that discussion. Okay, okay, Josh. Uh, this is, or sorry, this is Ryan's question. Uh, or sorry, Josh's question for Ryan. Ryan, as you clearly love the Bible and acknowledge that it's full of wisdom, <laughs> you obviously agree with Proverbs twenty-two seven, right? And uh, uh, give that to us, Josh. Yeah, what is Proverbs? Ryan's a little rusty. On his <laughs> a, he hasn't read this one lately. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Okay, 
there's it's actually interesting how much the bible talks about uh ursery and money lending and taking out debt and it's always i I was with what you just said um uh with with pell grants and private citizens giving out scholarships luke 635 but love ye your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great and you shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil okay so Help people, okay? Private citizens should help people, should uh, help people get scholarships. Um, and, and you said this a minute ago. Uh, you think when people take out a loan, they should pay it back, right? Mm-hmm. Which I 100, 100% agree with. Psalms thirty-seven twenty-one: The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous sheweth mercy and giveth. Um, but what I, what I really wanted to get to, uh, you know, this is mostly just funny, but there is a lot of wisdom here. Okay, Proverbs 22, 7, the borrower is servant to the lender. Mm-hmm. Don't freaking go into debt. Okay, it's scary because you, you mortgage your your life to people that you owe money to. There are only a very few mm-hmm. things that you should be going into debt for. You should not, I, I mean, I'm in debt for my house still. I owe a little bit on my house, um, but that's it. And it feels really good. And I'm really looking forward to not owing anything on my house. If you're going into debt for education and you have no plan on on how you're going to pay that back you're just doing it because you think you should be doing it you're you're foolish you're you're up a creek without a paddle um so absolutely ryan you have to agree with the bible right (laughs) uh yeah i like the genocide parts in particular um yeah uh and i really like that that you're wearing that shirt because i prepared this Flying Very spaghetti nice. monster. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. You Can you see it? My douchebag. Spaghetti yeah. monster. Flying spaghetti monster. The flying spaghetti. We'll have to have a conversation about that one sometime. Uh, I, I actually like that proverb. I think the, I mean, certainly I don't love the idea that the rich rule over the poor, but it's totally true. It's and true. certainly it's, it's true. It's absolutely yeah. true. I don't like it, but it's true. And no, the well, second I, part the proverb is isn't true. saying this is how it should be. Right. I know. <laughs> I don't say this is just how it this is. This is what right? happens. Yeah. This is yeah. How it is. yeah, I totally agree with that. That, so, I mean, it's not like I disagree with everything the Bible says just because it's the Bible, but that part, man, it's fine. There, it's there is a lot of wisdom there. And I was shocked how, how many passages I was looking before the podcast talk about Avoiding don't get debt. into debt and, yeah. and, and ursery lending. I mean, you, you said that. Uh, well, I mean, uh, if we're these... going to follow the Bible closely, you know, they did have some, some stuff in there where every seven years, all loans were forgiven. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so you're just okay. going to selectively quote the Bible, Josh? Come on, come on! Uh, yeah, really, I am because society's different. You know, <laughs> We've had agreement on question three. I'm moving on to Ryan's third question for Josh. All right. So, what if we agree to forgive some student loan debt based on how much people are earning, but only with the stipulation that moving forward, students can only get loans up to a specific amount, and that amount is contingent upon upon major and the university students attend no. factoring in the students that graduate from some universities are more likely to default, which would penalize universities in the process. That's, that's a long question, but that seems like a reasonable compromise to me. So right, it may, no. so it'd be Disagree. based on the degree and the university's yes. like and I'll track explain record. That. Yep. I'll explain that. So my, my third point is not going to be popular with progressives, but I don't care because data are data. The goal of federal grants and loans was originally to help lower income individuals attend college. That goal has not been met for a number of reasons. 
wealthier people know better how to use the system to their benefit. While there are income criteria for Pell Grants, the various loan programs are not as strictly tied to income and more middle-class individuals are using the loans than are poorer individuals, probably in large part because poor individuals know less about federal loans. The applications are actually really, really complicated and they don't have people to help them like figure out one, what loans they're capable of getting and how to fill this out. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being that federal student loan programs disproportionately benefit uh, middle-class individuals and not poorer individuals. In other words, it's been a failure. I'm just straight up admitting yeah. that this loan program has been a failure. Okay. What's more, if student loans are forgiven across the board, that will disproportionately benefit the wealthier individuals because one, they took out more debt to begin with. And two, they are more likely to be able to pay off the debt and, and um, not be able to get out of paying the debt. So if we forgive it across the board, it's actually a bigger benefit to wealthy individuals than it is to poor individuals. Like that person I mentioned at the very beginning who had $200,000 in loans, um, he paid it all back, right? So it's problematic. This is where I'm suggesting, this is my question. What if we agree to forgive some student loan debt based on how much people are earning? Okay, so if you're a barista with $300,000 worth of debt, like that was stupid. You shouldn't have done it, okay? But they're never gonna pay it back, ever, okay? But only with the stipulation that moving forward, so we revise the loan program. This is the revision. Students can only get loans up to a specific amount. So we cap it, okay? Hard cap. And that amount is contingent upon which major they have in college. So engineers can get more. Pre-med majors can get more. Art history majors, and I'm not trying to be mean to art history majors, but your earning potential is really low, okay? Uh, And English and writing majors, your earning potential is pretty low. Some people are exceptions to that, but we basically adjust the amount that you can get based on majors and on the university that students attend, because some universities have really poor placement results. And this gets back to that for-profit discussion that we had earlier. If you go to a for-profit university, I don't think you should get a loan, period. Just no loans whatsoever. None. It should not be available because their placement records suck. Okay. So if you go to a really good university where they're going to place you in a pretty good job and you're going to be able to pay it back, you should be eligible. So basically we take risk into the lending process. Okay. Okay. So we take risk into the lending process so maybe we give we forgive some of the loans now because this is just going to sit over people's heads forever, right? Some people are never going to pay this back, but those are the ones we look at and we like we we specifically figure out which loans we can forgive some of. The others, sorry, you're going to have to pay it back. And then moving yeah. forward, we change the program. This would be similar to like the immigration reform we tried to do where we'd be like grant amnesty. This never passed, but like right. we we're going to grant amnesty to everybody, but then we were going to reform our immigration Bingo. laws. And It's a uh, compromise. Yeah. It's basically like, all right, you all get, you get grandfathered in all of you. And then, but now not, not anymore. Yeah. We yeah. found some really good common ground you, tonight. You but, agree but with man, that. Josh. No, not, not across the board. I, I have a really tough time forcing again, who, who suffers the most if we force taxpayers to pay for these really misbegotten, stupid $300,000 debts. 
it's not the rich people because they have plenty of money. It's, it's, you know, poor people. It's our children that are going to be paying for this, right? We don't have the money. Okay. Again, turn on your Josh Terrian screen and scream that we don't have the money We're we're, we would, the United States would be happy if we had $0 in the bank. Okay. We have negative trillions 20, of dollars, in 27 the bank. trillion or something like that. Okay? Yeah. So, so to just say, well, okay, you made a, you made a bad mistake. You don't have to pay for it. We'll bail you out. Mm, uh, that that does not sit right with me. Um, maybe a, a compromise there would be you put these people on some sort of payment program. You you know you you scrub the debt so they're no longer accruing interest, and the government could take that and and say, okay, for the rest of your life, you need to be paying uh, a percentage of your income. You know, garnish their wages. They, they actually do that. They have yeah, that. That okay. is a program that is in place. If we you can, cannot pay the we full can talk amount, about that. They'll put, they already have that. That already exists. Then let's do something like that because just, just waving $300,000 because somebody decided to go on a four-year bender. Well, and I didn't actually say that. I said we reduce, so we forgive it. So what if we, instead of waving 300,000, we drop it in half, right? Like we eat half of it. So we don't give them a free get out of jail card. Just garnish their wages for the rest of their life until it's paid (sighs) off. That, that, that incentivizes them to stop being a barista and maybe you'll make something out of themselves. It right? actually doesn't. No, the, the evidence actually suggests if you forgive the loans, people then actually go on and get better jobs. They take whatever job they can get to start paying off the loan because they have to be paying on the loan or to cruise interest and they don't do anything towards the principal. Okay, but, so okay, it actually fine. is count, it's con- counterintuitive, but if you give, well, if you give away, loan. but it, yeah. but if you, if you say, okay, we're going to give you uh, you know, there's no interest. The government's, taking on that debt, but you're going to have to pay it back as best you can for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, I, I get it because, because it's scary having that much debt and having the government come after your tax collector or not tax collectors, uh, debt, debt collectors, collectors come after you. Um, but to just waive it again, you, you want your children paying that off. I don't want my children paying that off. I, I, I didn't see any benefit from that. My kids aren't seeing any benefit from, from this person having the loan. You, you can't just go in and, and, take away people's bad decisions, the consequences. People have to suffer for their bad choices or they have to re- be rewarded for their good choices. That's just life. I'm sorry. So for the government to swoop in and say, oh, we're going to we're going to forgive all you idiots because you didn't, you know, you, know, you did too much drinking in college. I, I, that's the only part of, of what you're saying that I can't get on board with. Um, and again, yeah, we no agreement compromise. No, I agree with everything else you said. That was actually a really good discussion. I think we found some some good common ground there. I, I like, I really like your idea of uh, the loans, uh, the banks, whoever looking at what major you're getting into. So I go, yeah, if you become an engineer, you could pay back X amount of debt. That's brilliant in my mind. But again, that goes back to what I was saying. We need to get the federal government out of out of it because they're all, you know, if you're. Uh, a minority, we're going to give you seven million dollars. You know, they, 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 and with what Biden's doing right now, I'm jumping around a lot. Sorry, um, Biden is not looking at kicking this can down the road based on what's good for everybody. He's doing that based on poll numbers, right? Take the politics out of it and just look at the numbers. I think you would agree with that. Biden is is looking at uh, pushing the moratorium further, further, if he thinks it'll look good for him. He's thinking about optics. He's not thinking, and obviously that's the mm. case. He's, he's not thinking about what's good for the people that are in debt. He's not thinking about what's good for the country. He's thinking about himself and his party. 
So we take the federal government out of it. But I think we're pretty close on this one. Surprisingly close. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Uh, closing remarks before Tommy's take. Josh, you want to start or you want me to start? <clears throat> uh, government's bad. What's that Ronald Reagan quote? Quote that again for me, Tom. Uh, government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. That's really what our, where I'm coming from on this one. The 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 law of un- unintended consequences is a very real thing. And I'm going to, you know, I, I tried to be fair. The government is trying to help people and trying to get themselves reelected, but they're trying to help people. But look at all the crap that happened from COVID. A lot of people killed themselves and we're now we're, we're seeing inflation run rampant. We're at record inflation since I think World War II. We haven't seen inflation this bad. The government was trying to help people, but look what they look what they caused. Uh, take government out of this. I think Ryan has a very workable solution here. We're we're pretty darn close tonight. I thought this was a way funner discussion than I thought it was going to be. Um, and read Proverbs twenty two seven. Don't get into debt. It's a <laughs> bad idea. Amen. Can I get an amen, Ryan? No. <laughs> so All right, Ryan. Close. So close. Uh, you wanted yeah. to. Uh, well, I mean, I already said I agreed. That's all it means. Um, <clears throat> so I, I have a, a bonus point here that is going to be my final point because, you know. Unbelievable. I want another we yellow card doing- tonight. If I get two yellow cards, <laughs> I get That's kicked out and you just going to kick me we'll out of the We'll do the next game. podcast without you. <laughs> you lose. Every day. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Uh, so my, my last bonus point, uh, which is kind of a wrap up point, I, I do think it's also worth noting that there are some people who don't realize what it is they're doing. Okay. And I know, like, I, I say sure. this a lot, uh, and this is like a, you know, it's a progressive talking point. I get that. And, but I, I just want to be clear on that point that there are some people who take out this, the, this debt, they may be first generation college students who really want to go to school and they've done well, right? Coming from a less privileged background, they've done well um, in that environment. That doesn't mean they'll do well in college, but they come in thinking like the sky's the limit. I'm going to kill this. And then they hit college, which is a gatekeeper and they crash and burn. Um, The statistics are actually pretty disturbing on this. People who don't finish college are actually more likely to default on their student loans than the people who finish college, right? Because it is it is serving that function. So some people take on debt not realizing what it is they're doing. And some people don't finish. And some people have mental health issues and they're not able to actually finish what they started. I've I, in my graduate program, in you know, when I started my master's degree and then continued for my PhD. 12 people started in my cohort. Three people had breakdowns, literally mental health breakdowns, and could not finish the degree. It's a very challenging thing. And I don't know if they had student debt, right? But like, it, it's complicated. And that, that's where I would say, like, the, the point where Josh was disagreeing, like, we shouldn't forgive people their debt. I think it's a little bit more complicated. I think there, and don't get me wrong, we're talking about tens of millions of Americans, right? So it would be hard to find all of these individual cases where it's like, wow, you have way too much debt and you're never going to be able to pay this back. But I think we could do something for some of these people to just kind of figure that out. Um, 
but then I think we do agree on a lot of this other stuff. We shouldn't be giving loans to lots can, of these people. We really just, shouldn't. Can I pose a question to you there? Sure. Because uh, I, I get your point. I really do. But but why why is student loan debt special? Because I know people, I, I have a good friend that when we were fresh out of high school, went and got a big loan for a car. And his car was repossessed pretty quickly because he didn't realize what he was getting into. He didn't realize how expensive it was. Should he be forgiven? I know, I know, I personally know people that bought to too plead, much house. stupid. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know <laughs> exactly. what I was getting into. Let me keep I'm the car. I'm stupid. Well, but right? think about this. He doesn't have to continue to pay in that debt because there was something tangible, right? Uh, the tangible some... thing was the property. They came and got the car. Right. The debt's no. gone. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I know somebody else that... Well, it's uh, flatterized. I mean, right. right that's right. exactly rolled, it. Okay, but I know somebody else who rolled several car loans. He kept upgrading his car, upgrading his car. So he ended up owing way more than the car was worth. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, uh-huh. And that's fairly common. A lot of people do that. Well, not a ton, but a lot of... I, I know several people that are way upside down in cars. So if the bank comes and takes their car, they're still going to owe fifteen grand. And the collateral's gone, right? Should we forgive that? Because they were stupid. I know plenty of people. Okay, uh, were they stupid or do they know what they're doing? Like, do they genuinely know what they're doing or do they not know what they're doing? That's my question I'm throwing at at you. How do you you make that judgment call with student loan debt? I know plenty of people that are buying houses right now while the market is sky high. Mm -hmm. And in a month, they could be completely underwater in their houses. And again, do they know what they're doing? I would say they're not because this is a foolish time to buy a house. Right. How do you make that judgment call? So that's the question I'm throwing that's, at you. Yeah, it's a fair question. I, I get what you're saying, and I want to be charitable too. But, but how do you how do you judge? You know, this person was really stupid, and their life's going to be ruined. Well, we should forgive it. Well, let's versus stop somebody. Them, yeah. uh, let's stop calling yeah. them stupid and say they're naive, right? Because I do think there are some people. Let's say that that they've got two parents who never went to college. Okay, they're the first generation college students. They're going to whatever school. And they start saying like, oh, I'm going to be an engineer. And then they get that through their first semester and they're like, wow, I'm not going to be an engineer because the math is really hard. That's a really hard I'm going to switch to, I'm going to switch yeah. to, uh, let's say history, right? Yeah. And their earning potential in history. And, and I'm again, I'm not crapping on degrees. I think all the degrees are important, but there are differences in earning potentials by degrees. That's all. Sure. I'm just admitting that. They switch to history but they already signed up for the big freaking loan, right? And they didn't realize they were not going to be an engineer. Like, uh, what yeah. do we do in those situations? Right? And I'm just trying to complicate it. I'm not saying that we have answers. I don't have answers. I'm glad I don't have to answer this. I'm just saying, like, it's complicated. Like, Somebody's going to need to answer it or the whole country's going to go bankrupt. This is All right. not sustainable. Anything else, Ryan? Going no, your thoughts? no. That, that's about it. Okay. Okay. All right. I, the, I'm going to wrap up some of your, some of the comments you guys made. I'm going to pull into here into my Tommy's take, but so, all right, here's my first, I've got like three points. Um, I, so blank blanket forgiveness, I think is just horrible, horrible idea. Um, not only does it penalize us, you know, us three, right. And, and right. Josh, did you get a degree? No. no, I dropped out. I hated every out, second okay. of it. Right. And, and and like I said, I was going to go into English. And I part of why I dropped out was I looked at earning potential. I can I can do that you right. know, on my own. I this is not very much with what I want to do. So But like I um but here here's the thing, and I thought this is where you were going, Josh, but like 
uh, I've heard this point got, got brought up once that I thought was really interesting was um, not only does it penalize us, it penalizes all the blue collar workers, right? That never even went to school. Mm-hmm. And, and someone brought up a great point of like, what about the guy, the plumber who bought a truck for his business? He you know, took out a $40,000 loan so he could be a plumber and, and do plumbing. You know, does he get any forgiveness? Right. And it's like, um, nope, nope not, nothing for you, but you're going to pay taxes and for this, for this ho-ha that, you know, that didn't, that, you know, took a four-year vacation mm-hmm. and, uh, and never finished anything. Right. And it's like, that, that's just crazy. It's I, I would support, like, I would be in favor of like a certain dollar amount forgiveness in exchange for like some major reform bill, kind of what Ryan was suggesting. And, and like, it's like, okay, no, I, I don't like it, but at least we're, we're, you know, the house is flooding. Let's get the, get the water turned off kind of the thing. Um, just as a compromise you're saying. Yeah. Just that's to, what yeah. I proposed. Yeah. Um, all right. Number two is, uh, okay. This is, we get in trouble. We always get in trouble when there is one party in the mix that is not accountable. Um, and, and I think, so what I'm thinking of is the housing crisis, right? When Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are buying up loans, uh, these mortgage backed equities, right? This is what caused the housing market. They're just buying them. They're just buying them up and they, and they were getting triple, um, everyone was triple stamping and there was some fraud kind of fraud going on. They, they were triple, uh, triple A credit rating when they weren't mm-hmm. really, but people were buying them up. Like the, the government was just buying them up like insane. So banks were just Oh, these are great. And they were just like picking them up like hotcakes. And so there's this great incentive in the market to just like make as many of these as you can. And so they just giving loans to idiots who couldn't repay it. And, and there were idiots getting, going and getting loans and houses that they shouldn't have gotten. But like, uh, but there was a party in there that was left holding the bag, which is the government. And, uh, and we, and we tanked the market. Right. And then a lot of banks got hurt as well, but like it was, uh, it got, it got, it turned into this like, heated um just heated up right and we got into this bad cycle and i think this is the same way right it's like it, ryan's idea i think of like penalizing a schools for a placement rate or something like that right where it's like where something is like hey we're only we're not going to give you the, you're only going to give you this x amount because you guys are doing this right something to hold somebody accountable because um, I think it's insane. Like what we're giving, we're just giving loans left and right. And it's just, um, I, and, uh, and I want to get to this thing. Cause I think there's a ton of predatory. And I think Ryan doesn't, his school isn't seeing a lot of this, but like there's this, the example I have is so bad, uh, in the house I lived, used to live at, there was these apartments and they're really run down apartments. And there was this lady we knew. And, and so Ryan, you were talking about like the naive person that's like, oh, I'm going to get this free. She was stupid. She was like, uh-huh. and like, <laughs> and like really low IQ, like really yep. just like yep. bottom feeder kind of person. Sure. And, and it, and she came with like one day, she was like, I'm going to Steven Tanneker college. I'm going to become a nurse. And, and she's like, and I'm like, what? Right. And I'm like, how, how did you even get in? You know? And she's like, because they'll take what? anybody. They'll they're take giving anybody. me a laptop. And uh, no, they're you know, not. They're charging but, you for that laptop. Yes, exactly. Right. She's thinking she's getting a free laptop and she's just putting <laughs> on the loan and she got the loan. She got the laptop. And I don't know, I, she, she dropped out. I know that, but I, maybe, maybe a month or two, right. Where she totally stupid. She had no idea what she was doing, had no idea what she was getting into. And she was totally taken advantage of. And it really made me upset that like, 
there was, you know, they're just a churning machine, just getting as many people to sign these loan documents, get them into these classes and, and, and with no intention of helping them out, um, completely setting them up for failure. And, and, and I'm sure she defaulted, right? Just she's one of these stats of like people didn't never finish and, and totally defaulted. And I'm like, this is so predatory, right? It's so predatory. There was no fiduciary responsibility or accountability by the school. And I thought that was so bad. Um, right. Um, but, for-profit school. Yeah. Yeah. For-profit school. But, but here's the thing, like Salt Lake Community College. Uh, Nonprofits do it too, though. Yeah. It's, it's like, just not as bad. This was 20 years ago. I went to school and there was like, I remember it was so amazing. I was shocked because I remember I went to early college, right? And I was like there with all these adults. And I was so surprised at how adolescent they were being about, they would whine and complain about, well, can we have our notes and the tests? And can, can I only show up to town test days? And like, and I was like, you guys are like acting like little kids. And I was surprised at how, how much they pushed against the instructors trying to dumb down the course and make it easier and get their grades easier. And I was like, um, this is no longer elites. And, and, and it's kind of, I think some, one of you were saying that, that like, this was meant to be elitism. And now it's the, it's the common man. Everyone goes to college, but now it's this, it's not special anymore. And it's and grade 13 of elementary school. It is, it is in many ways. And so yeah, well, here's, Here's, that's kind of my third point, and that's that um, – yeah, my third point is like I think college is a waste of time for a lot of people, and, and, mm-hmm. and, they're, and we're not making our generation smarter. or It's, it's not making – it's not doing as an effective job. It's not effective, as effective as it could be, and China is kicking our butt in the education area. Um, and, mm, and More complicated than that, but I, I yeah. get your point. It's, it's complicated. Um, that uh and then and then like uh yeah i in in many ways i think it's a delayed adolescence right and it's this this whole thing we brought up before of like this oh uh you know it was like some school in florida it was that had like the lazy river River, pool right university of north florida yeah they get so much flack about this but like this is just an example of like they're creating these like little resorts these kids go to for four years. And like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's such, it's so interesting. It's like, I know I get the four year degree as a test, right. Of something you could finish, but it's like, let's make a boot camp instead that they go through or something, you know, it's like, I think it's so strange that, you know, this is the test that we've come up with. And, and I think <laughs> people are coming out there. I think every year people are coming out less and less educated, right. Even though they've got the piece of paper. And so uh, and so I'm really, yeah, that's, that's just my, my take on this. Uh, I, and, and the last thing is I'm, um, well, I, and I'll go on about it. Like, I think Elon Musk is right. That it's like, he goes on about how Harvard creates good, um, engineers and workers because Harvard has a super strict, um, entrance uh, acceptance oh, yeah. program, right? Sure. So you were They're amazing before you, yes, mm-hmm. you were amazing before you got into Harvard. Yes, you were amazing absolutely. because you got into Harvard, mm-hmm. because you got accepted to Harvard and right. it makes you amazing. Therefore, it's like, well, of course they get placed and get in high grades, right? And so I think there's a lot of correlation rather than causation. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm just digging on universities right now that is like, I just like, I just feel like it's gotten exploited. And I don't know if it's because of loans that we just like, Oh, if we just get more kids in here, then we'll make more money. So let's just get more, you know, I, I, I don't sure what it is, but last point um, 
And I think it's uh, Ryan's idea is, I think is a great one on the, the, you make, you make it proportion, your, your loan proportionality is, um, is conditioned on the degree. And it's like, we need more engineers, right? We need lots of engineers and engineer types, right? It's like the, the, the H, uh, what is it? The H1 visas, right? Mm-hmm. There's like so many of those that are unfilled. Those are the high level, mm-hmm. high skilled visas, right? They're doing, we're trying, we could, they can't get enough from India, our uh, engineers, but um, cause our, our universities aren't producing enough, but yet we're producing all these, like, like you said, these other majors and you're like, these are not helping the country, right? We need, we need super smart people that took a lot of math and engineering and, and, and stuff and rocket science, right? That's what we need more of. Uh, and that's just, unfortunately, the reality is like that hard technology stuff is what we need more of. Um, and it's like, I, I think you were saying something about that, Ryan is like, like, I love the idea of like, yeah, oh, you're going to, I mean, and it's like, oh, you changed your major. Okay. Well, that's going to affect your funding, right? That's mm-hmm. something like that. It's because it's I, like, I have no problem with that. And that might actually hurt my university, right? Uh, but but I, I see no problem with doing this for some of the reasons you said. And just to be clear, right, um, we get, I think the, the biggest incoming major at my university right now is biology. It's marine science biology. Um, many of those students don't stay. They get yeah. in and they realize it's really hard. Yeah. But we're actually, even so, we're still graduating more biology majors than the market can handle. Hmm. Um, a lot of people don't realize that even in the natural sciences, and that's not true for all of them, right? So like chemistry, you're probably fine. Engineering, it's not really a, it's complicated whether it's a science or not, right? It's a STEM, it's a STEM degree, but it's not necessarily a science. Um, but even in some of the natural sciences, like physics, it's hard to find jobs in physics as a physicist, just doing physics. You want to go into corporate, right? Then they may repurpose you and have you do certain things, but, um, we need people who have good backgrounds in math and engineering and some of these things, but just being a natural science major is actually really hard and the placement isn't great. Same in the social sciences, right? So it's not just like art and history and some of those disciplines where it's hard to find jobs. Um, it's hard to find jobs with a lot of these. And it's partly because we're graduating too many people. But, and and that, I think that's true. We're especially with graduate degrees. Um, you know, we, we graduate too many PhDs in most majors every year. And we know this, like we, we genuinely get in trouble for saying this, right? Uh, no, because we all know it. It's just, (laughs) it's like a closely held secret that we all know, Hmm. but, um, at like an R1 institution. So we rate different institutions, right? So R1s are like research intensive institutions. Uh, they're the ones that have graduate programs that grant PhDs, but the the faculty who teach at those, they rely on the PhDs to do their research so that they can actually get tenure, right? So the PhD students are basically like little slaves who are doing oh all of their gosh. research, and then they put their names on the papers, and they get publications, and they get grants. That's how the system works. So they're, in, in effect, exploiting their graduate students, and then they graduate them with the skill set to go on and do what they were just doing, which is working in a university, but there are not anywhere near enough jobs right. in universities for these people. So we don't end up training them to go into the corporate world. The, so we're graduating yeah. too many without the right skill set. That's that's totally true. Um, but why? Uh, well, yes, for them, right? But it, it's also because we've built up this promise that like education is absolutely the solution to inequality. That if you can go to college, you will not be poor. 
And that's not entirely true. If you don't graduate, <laughs> you're kind of screwed, right? Yeah. If you graduate and have $300,000 worth of student debt, you're still going to be poor. So we've built up this like this dream, right? The American dream of go to college and you will rise up. Yeah. For some people, that's true. Yeah, for I know. People, I think it's not true. It's, I mean, and here's the thing. And for those people, it's true. They were smart and I think they were mm-hmm. going to do fine regardless, right? If colleges, all the colleges blew up and went away, I think they'd be fine, right? They're, they're, smart, they're smart people that are going to figure well, things out. In life. That's a fact. That and, Q is one of the biggest factors in success. Right. And I, I think I, I, it's, I do, I think, so my whole, I kind of went off on, on colleges, but like, I do think that they're kind of broken right now. And, and our, our, the incentive structure is messed up. And, and I'm, um, I'm a big fan of like, well, I liked, I like Peter Phil's like, um, he had this like weird called it. It was like a not internship program or something like that, where they would pay you to, to create a to business to go, to go to drop out and then and to, yeah. to invest that money and to try to create something. And I'm like, honestly, cause people talk about it, like, what'd you get from college? And they're like, well, I got these connections, network connections. And I learned some things. I'm like, take that 40 grand or whatever you're in debt and just go and start a business. And like, mm-hmm. you'll make connections and you might actually return a profit. Right. And like do that. So I'm a big fan of that. And I, there's, there's a place time and place for some college stuff, but I don't know. I think we're getting to a point where the cons out way outweigh the benefits uh, these days. But. No. And, and this is, I, I think we would disagree on this. Uh, a lot of pure research is done at universities. Okay. And what I mean by yeah. pure research is just doing research for the sake of doing research. And often that ends up becoming really valuable stuff that can then be monetized. And that's great. That's a different Many part corporations. of college though. Well, like- yes, it is, but it's also part of college, right? And we get the benefits, like all of us benefit from the yeah. pure research that is actually oh, no, being totally. done. And so if we just take this- still be doing being Yes, done. but what you were just saying is let's take the smartest people and incentivize them to leave that environment and go start some business. And I'm like, don't know, right? Like, think about it. We're taking the very smart, we already talked about this. We're taking the smartest people who go to Harvard and Yale and Princeton or whatever. And what is their job now? It's to try and get people to click on ads. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's literally what we've done. It's, it's such a freaking broken system. We take the very smartest people, they go to work for Google and Google makes 96% of its revenue on advertising on its freaking search engine. We're taking the smartest people and trying to figure out how to get people to click on more ads. That's true at Facebook. That's true at Twitter. That's true at all of those big companies. What should they be doing? They should be inventing new things that are actually meaningful, not getting us to click on freaking ads. You've got it's a mean, broken you, system. You've got Tesla, you've got SpaceX that I think yeah, are I don't agree companies with that. companies that are ha- that are they're trying to change. Sure. And 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 we mentioned this, you mentioned this earlier in a podcast, right? Where you were talking about once engineers because you worked with a bunch of engineers, once they reach a certain level, now they want different, but they want to make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. But if you're just coming out and you need to land a job and Google pays really well, they're going to go to Google. And then once they get established, then they're like, actually, now yeah. I want to make a difference. What do, what do right? I want to do? Yeah. What do I really want to do that makes a difference? But Google is a mega company. They're huge, right? And yes. so is Meta, Facebook. They're huge. And their whole business platform is, how can we get people to click on more ads? Mm-hmm. That's a that's very true. broken system. And we're taking the best and brightest, and that's where that's we're saying. That's not why it's broken. Not, because yeah, you just admitted, sure. you know, once they get their 
their money, then they go do something that's meaningful. Then they go work for for SpaceX because they want to go to Mars or whatever. That's not the part of the system Some that's broken. Do. And people just need to go listen to our other podcast about colleges where we talked about this. It, it's more of the foundational level where kids in high school are all told you all need to go to college because that's how you establish the American but dream. It's still only about 30%. It's a little over 30% go to college. Sure. But that's what everybody's told. They're not told, go to a trade school, go be a plumber. Nobody's told in high school, go Actually, be a plumber. <laughs> a lot of them are. No, they're depends not told which, in high school. Depends on which high school you go to, Josh. It uh, absolutely depends on which high school. I, I when I lived in Cincinnati, no. Well, I get that. <laughs> but when I lived in Cincinnati, I drove by a school every day between my condo, my crappy little condo in a working class neighborhood. As I was driving into my graduate school, I drove by a high school that was a technical high school in Fantastic. a poor neighborhood. We need more and of those. That's that's what they were training because, them. Because you are going to become plumbers we, and electricians. This is what you're going to do. Argument that uh, uh, that that's not happening in high school. But then why do we have all of these unqualified, dumb people going and applying to college and getting these loans? Because uh, again, you guys are mm-hmm. consider yourselves the gatekeepers, and that makes sense. But there needs to be another like a high school gatekeeper or something funneling stupid kids and I, well. in our in our other podcast tom made a joke don't send us bubba it made me really laugh uh, right? i get that but what you're describing is china and south korea and japan sure. crazy I, high I, bar tests to get into okay. college i get it is that I really what you want no because no, that no, is that is saying. not i'm a, saying you know, that's where the system laissez-faire capitalist system no, I get what it. we have right now is a, a closer to a laissez-faire capitalist system Agreed. where it's like yeah Under- go understood and you're going to get destroyed but where in China, it's like, nope, sorry, we can take X number. Understood. And if you don't test but, at the very top, you're screwed. Okay. I said I understood like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is that's that's where I think the system's broken. The shipping, out, you know, telling even 30% of kids that they need to go to college when how many of them, what did we talk about the last podcast? 50% of them are underemployed once they graduate, which blew my mind. 50% of these kids are working as baristas. Okay, yeah. that that's where the system's broken, and you admitted that uh, you know the head of I don't Boston College or whatever said this is going to be a problem, but the colleges are all they did it anyway, even though they saw it would be a problem to admit this many kids through and to dumb everything down, they still did it. But uh, so I'm agreeing that the system is broken. We're just agreeing on on disagreeing. If, on if somebody came up to you and said, "I'll give you ten million dollars to take one additional kid in your family, but he's stupid," would you take it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not laying this uh, blame solely on their feet. The system Sorry. is broken. I mean, it's a broken system, right? Agreed. That's basically it. what happened. We'll give you millions of dollars to take stupid kids. Okay, but, if but they're not going to graduate. Well, now I think we've come full circle, and we've gone way over time. So I think we yes. can end it. But uh, take do do your system where uh, you take the government out of it, privatize the loans, so they do their due diligence. I think that fixes a lot of it. I really do. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Josh, we may not always agree when it comes to politics, even though we're trying, but there is one thing we agree on. There is only one way to clean up after going to the bathroom, and that's with a Lux bidet. I've been a proud owner of a Lux bidet for years. I have literally owned a Lux Neo 320 since 2013. That's the warm water model. Talk about happy, fun, poopy time. When I leave the bathroom, I know I'm clean and ready to talk politics in a civilized manner. Exactly. Using a toilet without a bidet is about as uncivilized as it gets. Civil conversations demand civil hygiene practices. 
And that is why our listeners should get themselves a Lux bidet. And just to be clear, Lux is not supporting one side or the other in this podcast. They support civil conversations and clean butts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Finding Common Battlegrounds. The music is by Ben Sound. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not those of their employers. For more information or more episodes, you can find us at findingcommonbattlegrounds.com.